Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe and fun place to get real and learn about sex. Whether you're a man or woman, single or couple, this is the show for you. I am your host, Kevin Anthony, and I am here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and your relationships. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 284, and it is titled, How to Use Tantra to Create What You Desire. Tantra is a loaded word, and as somebody with a Tantra background myself, I am well aware of just how loaded that word is. A lot of people have different ideas on what they think Tantra is. Part of that is because of the way it has largely been taught here in the West. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more, I hope, in this episode to clear up some of those myths and help share what Tantra really is, because it really is an amazing and beautiful thing if you can understand it and learn how to use it correctly. And I have some guests on the show today that are going to help us understand that. But before we do that, a word from my sponsor, Power and Mastery 3.0 is here. The men's sexual mastery program you have heard about on the show for a long time is now even better. I've personally reviewed every module, lesson, video, audio, and PDF to see if there's anything new that needed to be added. As a result, I have added 10 new videos, one new audio, eight new PDFs, and dozens of links to handpicked products to help support your journey to mastery. In addition, there's also a brand new user interface that makes it easier to navigate the course and find your course materials. So if you are ready to become the sexual master you have always wanted to be, then go now to powerandmastery.com. It is a new year, which means it is a great time to finally do those things that you keep saying you're going to do and you don't actually do. So go check out powerandmastery.com. All right. My guests today are Dr. Elizabeth Mote. I think I got that correct. We'll find out in a minute. And Freddie Zantel Weaver. They have assisted thousands of couples and singles uh, to create lasting intimacy and fulfillment in their life and relationships. They are featured on Showtime's documentary series, Sexual Healing, and the Emmy Award-winning NBC show, Starting Over best-selling authors of Sexual Enlightenment, endorsed by world-renowned spiritual pioneer Dr. Michael Beckwith and the co-founders of Tantra Nova Institute in Chicago. They have coached billionaires, innovators, and power couples all over the world, shared their intimacy secrets at a global YPO Young Presidents Organization conference in the City of Love, Paris, and got nominated as Changemaker at the White House-sponsored 2016 United States of Women's Summit in Washington, D.C. So, I think we've got the right people to talk to today. Welcome, Dr. Elsbeth and Freddie. Hey, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Good to be here. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Like I said, I think we've probably got the right people to talk to about this subject today. (laughs) I want to dive right in. So you've been teaching Tantra for 22 years. That's, That's a long time. I wonder if you could, like, we've got to start and sort of lay a foundation here. Could you explain to the audience both what Tantra is and also what it isn't? Like, just to start off. Great. Okay. So, yeah, Tantra is a lot of things. There are a lot of variations of Tantra, you know. Uh, and when we started our, our business, Tantra Nova at new, Tantra new. So we were taking the aspects of working consciously with sexual energy to get to something we don't see about how we're living our life to then create more of what we want to create. 
Uh, but Tantra is a lot of things, and there are many variations. Uh, we're taking uh, aspects of the uh, the um, ancient, ancient, uh, yes, the Indian approach to Tantra, and also some of the Chinese approach to Tantra, uh, and so and also blending it with some of the approaches to transformation from the West. Uh, generative language, how we create our reality and language, how we uh, discover ourselves in the creative process and music and movement and art. And we've created our own gestalt of how to work consciously with life force and sexual energy in that altered state to create a meditation, tantra, a sexual meditation that really allows people to get more deeply connected to the subconscious aspects of how we're creating our life. Yeah. So, that's a lot. <laughs> it, it is a lot, but but here's here's the kind of point that I want to make for the audience who's listening. Nowhere in there did you hear him say anything about tantra is all about uh, how to be a really great sexual master in the bedroom. Now it's not that it isn't that, but it's not that it's only that. Right. Exactly. It's bigger than that. You know, it's, and a lot of, you know, people have heard, you know, ta- the word Tantra dies, particularly, oh, I want to be the Svengali lover, the, you know, uh, the sexy yoga. And certainly the, the practices that we'll teach will inform your mutual lovemaking. Yet when we're coming, when people come to our workshops, we, you know, they do like a, an intake. So they're, they're stating what they'd like to get out of the work. And they're usually coming here for a reason. They want to either create a relationship or a better relationship or something in their life that hasn't shown up yet. Um, so when they get into the, the work, they get, oh, wow, this is a whole nother thing we could do with sex. In addition to creating life, uh, you know, and having fun, uh, we can also meditate and learn how to get more deeply connected to our dreams and our hopes and what we want to create. Yeah, that's that's amazing and wonderful. And I just I thought it was a really good place to start because I really wanted people to understand that Tantra was a whole lot more than just sexual techniques. And it's unfortunate mm. because here in the West it's largely taught as sexual techniques. And so mm. that's what people think. You know, I often, even as a coach, have people come to me and you know, they say, I want to learn Tantra. And the first thing I mm. say was, What does that mean to you? <laughs> right? Because what, what is it that you're actually here seeking to learn? And yes. the majority of the time, it's they want to learn how to be better in bed, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But Tantra mm-hmm. is so much more than that. Yeah. 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 Particularly like for men who, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Let me just also no, add a little Please something. do, yes. So that it's the, the beauty of it is to be returned to the integrate integration of our sexual emotional and mental spiritual self and the practices are a great way of encountering ourselves like that because most of us when we grow up we got compartmentalized you know it was not okay to touch my sexual center when I was five years old or even 15 years old you know like don't go there wait until you're married so there is this distancing from that However, it's a life-giving energy. So how can I learn to be with that energy and then connect with my heart center, with my love center, and have the love center and the sexual center not being separate? Like for me, it was that I separated out at some point when I was deeply, you know, felt deeply hurt, disappointed in my heart. I closed the heart off, although I was looking for love, but I was trying to get it through sex, 
that was pretty easy, actually, but that didn't mean necessarily that I got the love that I was looking for. So that is what I mean with compartmentalization, that there's our sexual self, there's our heart and love self, there are our thoughts and narratives and interpretations, and then our conscious spiritual self. And to come back into connection into flow of these different dimensions they are distinctly different yet really go very well together in terms of feeling whole complete and fulfilled yeah that's amazing and a perfect segue because honestly the very next question on my list is our sex and spirituality separate and you've kind of already addressed that. But so I did an entire episode on this show. Actually, my wife and I, when she was still around, uh, did an entire show called Sex and Spirituality. Are they mutually exclusive? And our take on that was obviously not. But I'm really curious to hear your take on it. Since you've already brought up this idea of people compartmentalizing, which there's many reasons for that, one of which is most of the religions that most of us were raised in purposely compartmentalize those things, like very purposely compartmentalize those things. And so um, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Like, are they really different? And if not, how do they blend together? Mm, very good. Yeah. So, so let's look at energy because that is really what we are dealing with here because sexual energy, emotional energy, spiritual energy, these are dimensions we cannot touch, we cannot see with the mere eye. However, we can strongly feel them in different ways. And energy shows can show up in different ways in the human being, like sexual energy, aroused energy, or love energy, passionate energy. It can show up as thought energy as a spiritual connection to the universe, spiritual consciousness, universal connection, whatever you may want to call it. So these energies have, how I look at it, they have different distinctions and each of it has their place, each of them. So this, let's go back to what you brought up, Kevin, the sexual and spiritual. Yeah, that in our you know, culture in our general knowingness. It's like they don't belong together. One belongs into the bedroom. The other one belongs into the church or the synagogue or the temple or the mosque. We are not talking about these institutions here. We are talking about the human being that always has been an earthly being and an heavenly being, a physical sexual being, and a spiritual divine being, and they go hand in hand. So in the tantric practice, we can learn to use that wonderful sexual life-giving energy to transmute up all the way into our spiritual divine universal self. And then, of course, inform from that universal spiritual self my sexual self one is not more important than the other they are just of different nature and we want to draw on that and bring awareness and consciousness to it 
And that becomes a whole new dance. And for me, it's always, it allows me to come into oneness with myself instead of being separate. Yeah, go ahead if you have something to add to that, Freddie. Yeah, I wanted to add that, you know, it's like a time when, you know, science and spirituality are the same thing, saying the same thing, that it's all connected. You know, string theory stating different from particle theory, stating that everything's connected by string vibration. And that, you know, when we have in the past, you know, we go into the sexual experience and it's been creating life forever. You know, uh, that's what it does uh, when we're in that energy. We've been last last hundred or so years procreating with or recreating with the development of contraceptives. And so now we're discovering how we can co-create with this creative intelligence. And it's like for years, you know, you go in that energy and for three seconds you're in this blissful cosmic oneness, you know, that orgasmic moment, the little death, the French call it, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And so how can we now begin to live our life from that place? And Tantra are one of, are one of the few aspects of learning the meditative uh, alchemy of really starting to listen to our dreams and our desires and to live into a new possibility. Given that we're like this clay that we're kind of like, you know, soaking everything up from the beginning. You know, I always say this is not teaching you anything you don't know. It's reminding you of what you've forgotten. You know, because we start out in the womb and we're floating in womb. It's womb service, you know, it's wonderful, you know, it's effortless. Then all of a sudden we're born, whoosh, you know, whacked to the bottom. Guys are getting their wee-wees cut, they can send me back. And then life happens, all this stuff, good, bad, and so on. Then we get to a point in our life where it's like we want to create something that we have a dream about that we've never created before. And that's our connection to the universe that goes on forever, this ad infinitum of the universe, which is hard to even imagine. And that's our lineage. So our dreams now with the whole idea of the quantum become much more available and we're starting to learn how to shift from this clay that we look into the world from and the beliefs to now change to the new belief of what we want to create more of in our life and tantra is just one of those paths that's been around forever there's an intelligence encapsulated in sexual energy and when you bring consciousness to it that create that kernel of that energy creativity and pleasure start to show up in areas of life that seem unrelated to the simple and just in the simple process of living yeah, I mean, that that's fantastic. And I loved both of your explanations. And I have to say, having done coaching work around relationships and relationship dynamics for a, a fairly long time now, I'm always mm -hmm. observing couples, especially couples who uh, have been together for a long time, and just observing how they relate. And you, there are, just by watching the two of you, I can tell whether or not you're a successful couple or not. Because <laughs> there are enough little things. And I just, I love the way that you guys interact. And what was really uh, wonderful about the way you both explained that was uh, first, we got a very feminine uh, description of Tantra and what it is and the spirituality and the sexuality. And then we've got one that's a bit more on the masculine side, a little bit more science oriented. But I love, <laughs> but I love that you, bo you brought both of those to that which is really oh. great because, you know, some people listening, they're going to hear the more masculine explanation a little bit better. And some people are going to hear the more feminine one a little bit better. Oh, yes, yes. But it's also a beautiful representation of the masculine and the feminine coming together, right? That, that uh, yin yang, that 
whole basic idea of Tantra. It's a huge yes, proponent yeah. of time. And you guys are living it, I can tell just by the way. Oh, that's so sweet. The way and you also, interact. That's a question, Kevin, trying to answer your question, which was what does sexuality and spirituality have to do with, you know, the whole thing? And there we have it. So I'm glad that we were able to uh, yin-yang that answer. With <laughs> so you also started to get into talking about, you know, using the term sexual energy. And... Mm -hmm. My next question was really, what is the difference between sex and sexual energy? Because I want the audience to really understand what we're talking about when we're saying sexual energy and how that may or may not be different from sex itself. You know, this is uh, really rare to get the question posed like that because sex and sexual energy often are collapsed. Like they are the same, you know. However that sex is an act and we can have sex without being intimate two bodies being together this is wonderful there's nothing right or wrong about it in my eyes it's just the first level of connection so sexual energy for us the way we use sexual energy this is life force energy we often also call it life force, sexual energy. So sexual energy is not different from life force. They are the same. And then that energy can show up at different gradations. You know, like right now we are sitting here, we are talking. Most likely all of our energy is at a subtle state. At least I assume no one is aroused at this well, moment. Speak for yourself, Doc. <laughs> I was going to make that same joke. <laughs> you got to get in there with that one, right? Yeah. So then when I walk um, in the summer at Lake Michigan for my workout, and I feel the breeze on my skin, I'm not highly aroused. However, the energy has risen slightly feels pleasant, just very comfy, very enveloping. And then, of course, all the way up to a climax, to an ejaculation, a high point, it's the same energy, just at different gradations. So through the tantric practice, we can learn to play our energy like we can learn to play a flute, you know, different registers. And the more we practice it, the more we become attuned to it, the more we may also sever these beautiful moments, not always going up to a highest level. It could be just in the middle or a little lower, but that doesn't mean that it couldn't be just equally blissful. But that, I find, is uh, really wants to be appropriated, mm. you know, and in the appropriation, the the sensation, the sense for it gets cultivated. And that's true both for the individual and then, of course, also as a couple, because we can experience this in syn synchronicity and flowing and circulating together. Freddie, you look like you had something you wanted to add to that. Yeah, no, yeah just to add to it, it's... Uh... You know, as I mentioned earlier, when you bring consciousness to the sexual, creativity and pleasure start showing up in areas of life that seem completely unrelated to sex. So what's sexual energy? So when we think of sexual energy, most folks will think of something romantic, something sexy, something, you know, physical, uh, you know, uh, but and 
when again you are bringing the consciousness to the aspect of this like in my men's workshop they learn a self-love practice right so as opposed to masturbation to ejaculation they learn how to bring the energy up and and not just last longer at a higher level but to begin to circulate what i call this orgasmic nectar now you can even do that same tapping into the pleasure the sensation of energy at a low level like working with a soft on versus a hard on right <laughs> um, and it's learning to tap into the focusing on the um your attention on the sensation and location and intention to move it with your breath and when you start listening for energy at that level Again, the kernel of that energy, creativity and pleasure, you start to become more sensitive to it. It becomes more familiar and accessible outside of anything that seems sexual. Like if I said, oh, well, I hate my job 30 more years of retirement, that thought has a cascading energetic effect on my total felt sense of my body. So when I'm listening at that level, I wouldn't even say that because it's like, let me let that thought go because that doesn't even serve my my greater good here. Uh, you know, so the listening, everything shifts. So what sexual energy is can mean a lot of things. It's like it's everywhere. Once you bring consciousness to it, it's everything. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> and right. so, uh, this is uh, this is exactly why I asked you that question is because I really wanted the audience to hear. I mean, they hear this from me a lot, but I wanted them to hear from other people, right? Mm -hmm. That that this idea, you know, we call it sexual energy, we call it chi, we call it jing, we call it life force energy, universal energy, whatever, whatever that word or, or phrase is that we want to use to describe it, is all describing that same thing that is moving through us. And so once we understand that, then we can get to the next level, which is what you guys are really doing, which is teaching people how to use that, right, to create things in their life. And I love, you brought up the point that People will see that once they start doing this and once they start learning how to harness this energy, that they'll see other areas of their life start to shift. This is one of the main things I tell everybody that's going to work with me. I said, this isn't just sex coaching. You will find out that when you solve this, you'll start to see all these other areas of your life shift as well. And that's something that's hard for a lot of people to really understand. They don't really get yeah. how or why that is. And so mm -hmm. that's my next question. And where I want to go next is how can people use this sexual energy for more than just sex? Like, how does that work? How do they do that? How can they shift things in their life through this practice? Yeah, that's a great question. Okay, I'm going to take it. Yes, well, right. I'll delve in with you. Okay, so, so let's talk a little bit about how energy moves in the human being. Um. So energy, life force energy is given to us. We don't generate it ourselves. It's given to us at the moment of conception and it leaves us, it leaves the physical body when we leave this planet. I'm not saying that our frequency in an ethereal way disappears, but no longer in this physical body. Mm. And so between that conception and that passing on, there's this whole time where this energy moves through us. It emanates from the base of the spine and moves up in a serpentine way, all the way up to the top of the head and then back down again. Moves up with the inhale and down with the exhale. And we can think of it, it's like blood running through us. We are not aware of it, but it does its job all day long. The grid for the blood is the arteries and the veins. The nervous system is the grid for energy flow. Mm -hmm. 
So, of course, the spine has a lot of nerve strings that go up. So the energy moves up, up into the heart and heart center, not just the heart organ. And then it moves up all the way to the top of the head, to my divine self, to my, you know, mental self and back down again. It already happens like that all the time without my doing. So in the tantric practice, we bring awareness to what already is, maybe outside over, uh, you know, outside of our awareness. So we bring it into awareness and energy goes hand in hand with the breath. When we don't breathe, we die. It's rather obvious. So we put that to use in the tantric practice. So when I become aware of my parasympathetic breath, I then can actually move my energy or support the movement of energy throughout my body, which means I can move sensation. I can move an orgasmic sensation from my clitoris up into my heart, into my third eye, you know, and the the other way around. You know, I have a splendid thought. I could permeate my heart with this thought or could permeate my whole body with my love self, my heart self. You know, what? wherever I bring my focus to, energy follows, you know. So, and I can do this in subtle states of energy, and I can do this in aroused states of energy. And now I'm wondering if I answered your question or not. <laughs> and so, yeah, how can you bring this energy as a way to shift something in your life? So that's kind of the question, right? Is that yeah, well, of... so you got the first part, Elspeth, which is really explaining how to move that energy. And now, Freddie, I think you're going to go down the path of connecting that with how do you actually create stuff in your life? And so there are two halves of the same question. Okay, good. So, you know, people come to us and they have an intention, something they want to create, usually something with a relationship, because that's kind of our specialized thing. So, but, you know, in our book, we mentioned that uh, Napoleon Hill wrote a book, Think and Grow Rich, and his whole idea was to get people to think, to believe that they could be rich. And in his book, he mentions, Lucky is the person who learns to use your sexual energy to create wealth. Okay, so now, given that we are teaching you how to create wealth, but you know you can use the same pr approach to do anything. So you come with an intention, you learn some of the distinctions and the practices, and you learn the sexual meditation. So in that sexual meditation, whether and whether you're doing consciousness work or not, we're more open, loving, vulnerable, receptive. Chemically, we're changed, more endorphins, serotonin, oxytocin, the feel-good hormones. With the distinctions of breath, energy awareness, and intention, we get more connected to the subconscious aspects of what's running and keeping us in a place and allow now allowing more space for something new to show up. So now in that listening, in that intimate vulnerability, in that listening that happens in that meditation, that accuses you and becomes more familiar and accessible in your regular life. So when you um, are self-aware of yourself at that level and you get triggered by your beloved or something at work or whatever it is you're looking to shift, you are much more aware of it. And that gives you a choice. That choice is the difference. You know, developing the witness state of mind, that meditative aspect of ourself where we're watching our thoughts and not just being our thoughts, and then coupled with the altered state of the sexual, uh, coupled with intention, 
it it flows into everything that you do. And particularly if you have something specific you're working on, that really becomes very apparent in terms of what you did and what you want to do to then create the shift that you want to create. You become much more present and much more choice in your life and in your doing and your being. In your being, you're doing and you're having. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, my wife and I, we used to teach a practice and we used to call it sex magic, which was a term that came from some friends of ours, one of which wrote a book called Sex Magic. And so we we were using that term, but it's basically that same idea of Mm -hmm. cultivating the sexual energy, moving Mm -hmm. it through and doing exactly what both of you just described. And that's why I, I really wanted to ask you that question. I really wanted to hear y- your explanation because I am aware that using a term like sex magic is triggering for some people. Right. They hear magic term, they're thinking ritual and cult and all kinds of weird stuff like that. And so, or whatever, yeah, some kind of trick or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but it's not. It's exactly what you guys were just describing. Uh, I'm curious to... So, I don't want to go too far down this this rabbit hole because it's not really the focus of the discussion here. But we were just talking a little bit about sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, manifesting things that you want to create in the world and using your sexual energy to do that. Um, And you brought up uh, Napoleon Hill, of course, Think and Grow Rich. Great book. I've probably read that a dozen times over the years or so. Um, And it's somewhat similar, say, to the work of uh, an Abraham Hicks. My question is this. It seems when you read or follow any of that type of work that what really makes the difference is not just thinking it in your head, but feeling it throughout your body. And this is where I see a way that Tantra really helps because Tantra is getting us into that body and it's creating a feeling and we're feeling the energy move through us and we get to associate that energy with this thing that we're trying to create. What is your take on that? Like, how do you, what do you feel about sort of that idea of feeling it rather than thinking of it and potentially using Tantra? Yeah, I, for me, it's the integration of the intentionality that really comes from a focused mind, you know, instead of being all over the place to really zeroing in on what is that that I want to bring forth you know, so sending it out, what my intention is, and then I imbue this with my life-giving energy. You know, it's like putting fertilizer into it. <laughs> and uh, the beauty also of sexual meditation, when we use the sexual life-giving energy and raising this energy that very particular hormones get actually generated. You know, just like we may do a plant journey, it's an alteration of hormones and chemicals that also happen in the brain. And we have all these chemicals within us ourselves, so we can incite them. And so we use that wonderful sexual aliveness to imbue, to enliven, to, you know, have that that be sparked up. And um, what I find also important is to bring the heart in because the heart really, you know, pulls it in then. So here it goes. We want to support the sexual energy to support sending out the intention, and then we pull it in through the heart. 
you know, like we feel it through the heart. And what you alluded to that it's really in the experience that is a visceral one, a central one, sensations, emotions, you know. So it's not the intention, while that may origin the origin be the mind, but we don't stay or get stuck in the mind. It's just more like part of the cycle. And uh, that is where power resides. And again, you know, it calls for practice, becoming familiar with it. Because at the same time, we also may need to learn to forego the impulse, you know, like because having an orgasm may be so seductive, but not going over the top and just riding the wave and perhaps not for the men not releasing at all or even for the woman when she is more practiced and when she's flowing and open we don't teach this in the beginning to women but once a woman is more evolved there she can do the same uh, using her beautiful yoni sexual energy to imbue her heart and guide her intention yeah so so basically, yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> I love the way that you describe things because they're clear and yet they're beautiful at the same time. There's, there's yeah. a feminine way in which you put those words together that, that, yes, yes, that yes. really works for me. Hopefully it works for the audience too. I, I would say, you know, it's a somatic process. It's somatic. If it's anywhere, it's everywhere, you know? So when we're thinking about something, we, you know, maybe go to an analyst and we get the analysis of why I fight with my wife because I fought with my mother and blah, blah, blah. Thank you for helping me give me, giving that actionable insight. Yet what do I do? with that actionable insight you know so how do i actually shift it in the moment and that's a frequency that's a vibration that's an experience it's beyond language it's what we were feeling before we had language as humans so this is kind of tapping us back into a primordial super consciousness you know uh, there was a book uh sex super consciousness by osho mm -hmm. years ago and you know that's really what anybody in a body who's willing can tap into when they start bringing some consciousness particularly in the sexual realm because it just again leads us back to what we've forgotten because we all experience it in that moment we don't think of it as some kind of existential uh you know uh spiritual experience where we're in that orgasmic moment yet when we start bringing consciousness in a what in a watcher a listening and an observer experiential way it, it's everywhere and that starts to shift the whole experience yes Somatic. yes yes and these these are the types of things that i wanted to bring out in this episode these are the these are the types of concepts that are a bit more abstract and hard for people to get but yet so important and that's why i really want to talk about them yes and and from osho's book from sex to super consciousness is a great book uh, if you're really looking to figure out how to sort of bridge that gap um, and I also liked, so Elspeth, when I'm, when I was listening to you describe that, what was going through my mind is, so, you know, you were talking and I kind of led you in this direction about the idea that's not just in your head. And then you kind of, the way you brought it together, what popped into my mind was this. If you really want to create what you want to create in your life and you harness your sexuality it does include body, mind, spirit. So we're talking about mind where the intention, body, right? Where that, that physical energy that we're moving, that sexual energy is, and then how we're literally taking that through the heart and the third eye and up into consciousness. It's literally all three of those. It is that 
classic triad that has been described in so many different uh, religions and, and, and systems in the past. Beautiful. And you want, okay, you want me to speak on that? Well, I was just, so that's my take on it. As I'm listening to you describe it, I'm hearing all three of those things. And, and, uh, you know, you can, you can tell me if I'm way off base or if you agree or anywhere in between. So I would like to further, you know, build or spin on it that to, to, because there is the solo aspect where I want to connect with myself in that way, as we have been describing it, um, all the three of us here and looking at it, um, the cultivation of the self mm-hmm. and wherever we want to take it, you know, I can take the tantric practice more into the sexual pleasure arena, or I can take it into the hard orgasmic you know, like the heart opening, where it's all about love, deep love for self. Um, And then I can take it into the, you know, more ethereal and, you know, depending on where we are in life, taking it into the cosmic connection. I mean, you know, and that doesn't mean that we leave the uh, feel the sensations in the body that they are no longer there. No, they can actually heighten the connection. Yeah, you know, where we can become one with the light. It's a, then a very unified experience. But I could not have uh, spoken about this like twenty years ago, because I did not that I didn't channel my energy at that time. But since then, so much has evolved within and outside of myself, you know, and I've become more and more curious about how is the connection, my connection with the cosmic, with the universe and the universal light or whatever we want to call it. Then there is the partner connection, you know, that calls for, or if we wish to, calls for deepening of the connection of the sexual, of the heart, of the mental and the spiritual. And for that, of course, both partners need to do their work. It's not enough that just one does it. Doesn't mean that we could come together up to a certain level if only one practices it and brings it to the other. But imagine when both do their practice and they're evolving, how much higher we can take it together. You know, absolutely. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off already, but I did want to just briefly come back to, so you just said, imagine if you both do it together, where you can take it. And then you also mentioned earlier about how, um, you know, if the man learns to control his ejaculation or not ejaculate at all, or same with the woman, you know, a lot of women have a tendency to go for that first clitoral orgasm and be like, okay, great. You know, my, my wife used to call it the genital sneeze, uh, <clears throat> you know, and she was always like, you know, that's fine, but try to hold in there and go for, you know, the expansion that you can p- potentially create if you stick with it long enough. And uh, I just kind of wanted to come back to that point about what you can create if you are able to actually do those things and access those higher realms. No, absolutely. And for the man, that's an essential piece because in all the variations of Tantra that there are, 
one of the primary edicts is for the man to learn to separate ejaculation from orgasm, which is what brings a lot of guys to the interest of Tantra. You know, they, you know, heard of an article where Sting mentioned, you know, from 20 years ago, oh, I make love to my wife for eight hours a day or eight hours in a day. It's like, well, if it was just boom, 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 there'd be broken hips and people would be in like wheelchairs and stuff. <laughs> it's a whole experience of gazing and touching and breathing and, you know, fast and slow and sending and receiving in the microcosmic orbit and doing all kinds of dancing in that ether uh and so and so there's a lot of fun you can have and again the 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 um the altered state of awareness and intimacy that happens in a conscious sexual meditation with yourself particularly because that eliminates even the stuff that happens with a with another um so for instance we had a youth program years ago and we were working with uh, young people who were just getting into their puberty like from 16 to 18 and some of the kids, parents had done work with us and some of them hadn't, the two-week program. So we didn't we didn't teach them all the whole sexual piece, but we taught them the self-love piece, the guys anyway. Uh, so after about three days and they've learned some breathing techniques and some muscle squeeze techniques and some meditation practices, I have, we separate the guys and the gals. I got, you know, eight of these guys in a room and, you know, I'm saying like, okay, so we're going to do a homework practice, uh, but, and putting together all the things we've been learning for the last three days. So by a show of hands, how many of you guys masturbate? Nobody raises their hand. I'm, <laughs> I activate. They all laugh and raise their hand, you know? And so I'm like, okay, so I have this prop, this uh, lingam, you know, the, the dildo that I show. So you're going to bring the energy up to, say, a seven or eight, ten being the ejaculatory moment. You're going to squeeze the PC squeeze like we should, that you learned, the Kegel, uh, and uh, you're going to breathe it up, you know, get attention on the location sensation and intention to move with the breath. And I teach them the whole thing. And then they, that's your homework. And don't ejaculate. So they go home, they come back. Oh, my God, man, I didn't think I could do that. Wow. Da, 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 da. Now, I believe these are going to be better men when they grow older, because they're not going to just be run by the little head. They'll be able to, oh, what else can I do with that energy? And who am I in front of? And what do I want to do with this? And is this that or is it this? You know, it's not one, you know, so there's a distinction and there's an opportunity. So if young people learn when they got into their puberty how to do sexual meditation with themselves, they wouldn't just be masturbating and having babies, you know, unconsciously and da-da-da-da, you know. All I can say is how much different would my life have been if my parents had sent me to a workshop like that when I was 16 years old? Probably did, actually. I mean, wow. he gave Yeah, when I was 13 years old and I'm going through my puberty, spending a lot of time in the shower, my father, who was a practicing psychiatrist and very high-level, you know, self-aware uh, person, beautiful guy, he died about two years ago, he gave me a book to read on how to integrate sex and meditation. And that was my first introduction to the whole thing. Well, you are very lucky because most of us did not grow up that way. <laughs> okay, I want to talk more about the sexual meditation, but I am way over when I was supposed to take a break, but I was so into the conversation, I didn't want to interrupt it for reading an ad, but I have to. So <laughs> let me go ahead and do that. Then I want to come back and talk about the sexual meditation. Hey guys, you know what makes a man great? You know the kind of masculine man that women are irresistibly attracted to and want. Is it money, job title, his physical body, being great in bed, a big penis, or great pickup lines? But what if you don't have those or only some of them? What if you've had a string of failed relationships, are embarrassed by your bedroom skills, doubt whether you can rise to the occasion, worry about lasting long enough, or are always stuck in the friend zone? I can help you if you're ready to make big changes and finally become the man you have always wanted to be. 
then this is the program for you. To find out more, please go to kevinanseline.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. That link is in the description. If you want to know more about a lot of the things that we're talking about today, I can help you with those things, as can um, my guests today, which we're going to give them an opportunity to plug all that they do in a little bit as well. But yeah, if you if you figure if you're sitting there listening to us have this discussion and you're going, uh, what do you mean separate orgasm from ejaculation? And I thought they were the same thing. And how do you do that? Well, that's where you can find out how to do that. All right, so let's get back to talking about this sexual meditation. So we've been talking a lot about Tantra and what Tantra is, moving sexual energy, and this idea of sexual meditation has come up quite a few times. And I'm sure that some people listening to this are thinking, what is sexual meditation? What do they mean by that? Does that mean that we close our eyes while we're having sex, or does it mean something else? I'm wondering if you can explain what exactly the sexual meditation is and how people might be able to use it. So all meditation, no matter what kind of meditation, has to do with focusing the mind and calming the mind, the chatter of the mind. So, and when we do that, actually, we drop more into an alpha brainwave than being in the beta brainwave that really has us more nervous or anxious or outside of ourselves, the alpha brainwaves, really where we become calm, settled. And that is also the place when we, when Freddie says, being the watcher or the witness, where we can actually watch ourselves like a movie. This is not a cerebral act from the brain. It is being present to how I feel, what thought may move through me without getting attached to the feeling or the thought. So we focus our mind and in sexual meditation, we bring the focused, the intentional mind to the energies that are within us <clears throat> and <clears throat> bringing it to our sexual self, no matter if we are more on a subtle level or more higher aroused. Can you take it from there? Yeah, yeah. So... <clears throat> You know, as I mentioned earlier, in the sexual meditation, there is an altered state that we're in, whether we're doing consciousness work or not, when we're in our sexual energy. Elizabeth's getting over a cold, so she's got a little throat thing. So again, we're more, more endorphin, serotonin, oxytocin, the feel-good hormones. We're more open, loving, vulnerable, receptive. Our, emotionally, we're changed. So when we bring in the distinctions of breath awareness, energy awareness, and say intention, we're again in that intimate, vulnerable state altered state of awareness, consciousness, again, we get more connected to the subconscious, the frequency of a story, the aspects of the feel of and the sound and the, and the smell of something that we want to create more of in our life. And sometimes there's, a, there's some letting go, there's some sadness or anger or something that we see, some energy that, is, that gets released that allows us more freedom to choose to then move towards that thing we most deeply want to create. And that's what we've seen in our own lives and we've seen with thousands of couples and individuals that we've worked with doing these practices. Um, it's getting out of the belief from the experiences of the past. You know, well, she's not going to do that because she's never done it before. 
that belief. So then it doesn't happen. So then when you start to get into the letting go of all of the disappointment and um, story around whatever it was, and then begin to move into what it feels like to create and have and move in that space of what you want, that starts to become what you see, what you believe, what you start to, what starts to show up. It's what you're, it's like you don't notice red cars until you have one, you know, they were always there, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, since we're getting close to the end of the show, people are listening to this and some of them hopefully are going, hmm, that sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know more about that. First, what would be your advice to somebody who was interested in wanting to pursue this type of thing. And then of course that will lead into you being able to tell people where they can find out more about you and your programs. So the first thing is really to become more familiar with the conscious breath. So we breathe all the time, you know, it's built into us and it's the sympathetic breath that lives in the lung area And it's a reflex. When we don't have enough oxygen in the lungs, there is a reflex that goes off. That is when we uh, grasp, gasp, grasp, grasp, grasp for air. Gasp, 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 gasp for air. Yeah. Mm, Grasp too. Yeah, right. Okay. It's It's a reflex. It's not, it happens to us. It's built into us, fortunately, so we don't uh, suffocate. However, the conscious breath, we actually bring our awareness so that the uh, breath can come into the belly. Of course, the breath itself doesn't go there, but we breathe deeply into the belly where the diaphragm expands. And that allows to shift our state of being. Um, When we breathe in the parasympathetic way, this belly breath Uh, what arises is like that endorphins and serotonin and all of that gets activated and it still calms our mind. So breath awareness is the first thing. So the initial phase of learning is very much working with subtle energy without going to the aroused energy first. Because if we were to go to aroused energy first, the body would just kick in with what it's familiar with. So we couldn't distinguish unless we really uh, um, recalibrate the body. And we can only do this in a subtle state when we can be in the watcher. And not when the energy goes up and it feels so good and, oh, who wants to focus now? Just (laughs) wrong, you know? Mm. So that is essential. And then also uh, really learning about flow of energy in the human body and how that shows up for you, how it shows up as sensations in your physical body, as emotions in your emotional body, and uh, as thoughts in your mental body. Because if we don't learn how to be the watcher, the witness of our sensations, emotions, and thoughts, our sensations and emotions and thoughts have us. We don't have them. So we are a victim to whatever happens to us, however we get triggered. We want to learn to be the trigger, <laughs> you know, to so that I can guide 
in the way I want to feel in what I want to experience. So I would say that's the bottom line. And then um have it in touch with us. <laughs> oh, oh, and then actually we thought that this may come up. So we have a gift for the audience, which is actually called uh, an introduction to sexual meditation. It's a video class with foundational practices where that what I just described uh, can be learned in simple steps, but you want to know what to do and then how to do it and then do it, practice it. So that is one way. Um, also, of course, at our website, tantranova.com, T-A-N-T-R-A-N-O-V-A.com. Uh, there are different workshops for men, for women, co-ed, foundations workshops, advanced workshops, where we then, you know, teach sexual rituals in the advanced workshops, private programs, for people who feel more comfortable in a one-on-one -on -one situation. And another way to learn more about it is, you know, our book, Sexual Enlightenment, which is available on Amazon. Oh, you got it. Great. I have a copy huh? right here. Wow, you're, you're ready on the spot there, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, that, that's all awesome. Links for all of that will be in the description. So go check that out. And I have one last question for you guys. And it's a question that I ask everybody on the show. You each get an opportunity to answer. And it's going to be interesting given uh, who you are and what you do. So a lot of people I ask this question, they turn very, very red. And then they, then they think about it. And then they manage to get something out. I don't think you'll have that much difficulty with this question. But I'm curious. And it is, what is your best sexual talent? Hmm. Great. Um, my best sexual talent is, uh, I think, um, a letting go of any story, letting go into the moment, uh, being passionate and um, tactile uh, and very skilled with my hands uh, and um, loving my body and loving the body that I'm with. I think that's probably the best I could say. Being present—that's awesome. yeah. a huge skill, by the way. Being present is one that is uh, sadly lacking in today's society. Mm. So, mm. yeah, mm. Elspeth, how about you? Um, my skill, mm. capacity mm, that I have greatly developed—I mean, consciously developed—is really connecting with the heart mm. and have the rest flow. And um, and um, raising the connection both with myself and with my beloved into a more ethereal, orgasmic state, which there doesn't need to be any movement. You know, it is a, a tuning, a integrating a flowing in synchronicity, these moments that may appear where the experience of oneness arises just by itself. Well, that sounds absolutely wonderful. And you know, all the things that we've been talking about today, along with both of those skills that you just shared, are how you get to 
you know, what, what we say, those sort of higher levels of lovemaking, those places that you can go to that are so much more than just the physical connection. Mm. So those are great skills to have. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> All right, everybody. I hope that that gave you a deeper insight into what we mean when we say Tantra. Hopefully, maybe it has inspired you to try something maybe that you haven't tried before. And uh, I want to thank both of you uh, for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge with everyone. Thank you, Kevin, for having us on your platform. It's great to see you again. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, everybody, that's all the time that I have for this episode, and I will see you next week. I hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free exclusive content, join me in the Passion Vault at kevinandceline.com forward slash vault. That's kevinandceline.com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, as Celine used to say, you're amazing.